Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Got another great one. We're breaking down the Tennessee-Kentucky game, how the Vols pulled this out, how they won, our offensive performance, why it really doesn't matter how long we have the ball, as long as we're scoring points, our defensive performance, why it doesn't really matter how much they score, as long as we stop them those few times that we needed to. And we talk about Georgia, what we're actually looking for going into this week. And it's not really necessarily in the win column. So great podcast. Uh, and let's get into it. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score Tennessee 20, Florida. 17 so before we get into the show gotta shout out our number one sponsor betonline.ag they're the best place to go if you're betting on anything football season in full swing right now college and nfl we got basketball starting up um you got baseball getting into the playoffs we're now into the world series so Anything you need to bet on, Bet Online has it. All the odds, all the stats, all the news that you could think of. So it, if you're going to make a thing more exciting, like a like a game, Bet Online is where you need to go. So if you go to their updated website or use your mobile device to sign up, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the code Believe50. So remember, Believe50. That's B L E A V. Five zero to receive that 50% welcome bonus and just have some more fun when you're watching these games. BetOnline.ag. Okay. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, I do have to start off with a little disclaimer. If I sound stuffy or sniffling, because I probably will sniffle a few times, I've got some allergies going. So just want to apologize on the front end for that. Also, the place where I'm recording right now is right outside of um, a common area where some people are watching the National Predators and the Titans game. So fair warning if there's yelling in the background. <laughs> Hopefully there is not. 
Uh, Reed also has his family with him in the Chinese restaurant, uh, cooking up some some grub in the back. So fair warning for for them. But uh, started off how we always do. Reed, how we doing, bud? Yeah, I appreciate the fair warning. I'm in the dining room and the kitchen's literally right here. And we just all got back in town from Memphis, so they're uh, in there making some dinner. So we might hear some stuff. Some General Joe's chicken being tossed around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, no, it was, it, man, it was an incredible weekend. You know, my cousins, uh, Lee and Liz and Bailey and Austin, you got to meet all of them. So they had a, a, a big double wedding down in Memphis. Um, and so it was great. I mean, it was jam packed, but of course, wedding started at five down there. The game started at six, you know, so I literally get in the car from the actual ceremony and we're getting in the car to head towards the country club where the reception was and first play i got in there listened to bob for a second talk and then first play of the game i hear javante payton just house call and i'm like let's go i was like this is huge i was like so you only so you only heard it you didn't even see it well correct i heard it and then i got to the um country club uh, and started and they had obviously it's a country club so there's Big, nice ballroom area, which is where the wedding was. But then they have a bar. They have a men's locker room because it's a golf course, too. And so I had plenty of TV. So I was definitely score watching. Got to watch it again today. But awesome weekend. I'll say this. It was so funny. Uh, so, you know, Lou, Tina, uh, Lee and Liz's dad. Yep. Uh, you you know, you guys have your cute little picture together there when we, <laughs> when we went out to dinner. And, uh, well, Lou has two brothers, and one of his brothers, Mark Chioza, is a huge Tennessee fan. So there's a bunch of people either watching on their phone or going to the different TVs throughout the country club. And Mark's going around, he's like, dude, he's like, do you know Reed has a podcast with Kyler Curberson? They're like, what? And I swear he started telling like four or five, six different people of the Chioza family. And that, I'm like, hey, get kind that of fan count up, you know what I mean? I know, I know. And I'm starting to get embarrassed. And then, Ariel and I were in a, a room watching it together, my girlfriend, and she's like telling someone else, like, yeah, he's got a podcast. It's B-L-E-A-V. <laughs> and she's like spelling it out for him. And I was like, but anyway, so it was it was cool to, to hear him talking about it. And uh, Mark's a huge UT fan. So it, it's great to have some of our East our West Tennessee people. But anyways, great weekend, great time. And then it was great. I had six hours today in the car. So I, I watched the rewatch the game. <laughs> <laughs> two pages of notes. Yeah, two, two, about two and a half, three. So, anyways, I'm I'm really excited. We haven't talked about the game, so I'm no. Which is I why mean, I I love doing it that way, where we literally don't talk to each other about it, and this is the first time we're you know saying anything. So it's a honest reaction. Um, I think there are some like off the field stuff that I'd like to talk about, like the bowl ban, um, and. Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart and Alabama and all the big dogs in the SEC and how they look now. But I want to break down the game most importantly. And yeah, if we have time, we'll touch on that stuff. So to start, we'll go off. And- well, well, hold on real quick. Real quick. Okay. We have we got to go quick tonight, boys. Because Titans, <laughs> Titans tonight, sadly, are playing our first game without Derek. But, hey, we're going to rally the troops, and we're going to compete, and we're, we're here to fight. So – we yeah, gotta it's, get- a, it's a damn good night to tighten the F up. Yes, it is. All right, continue. All right, so offensively, um, as you mentioned, first play, I mean, just 88 and out the gate is like a saying. 72 yards and out the gate was just an amazing feeling to do it on the first play. 
just absolutely incredible blocking. Great little just stutter step by Peyton. That's all it took to the house. And I I just love the fact that we can do that to this to a Kentucky team. I love the fact that we were so at tempo. Um, I love the fact that we were able to score 45 points in, with 47 plays, <laughs> which is like almost insane. Um, I honestly, because, you know, we, we've all, we've seen the stat as, it, as it's gone on as of um, uh, plays per minute, you know, we're, we're at the top of the nation of plays per minute. I want to know what our like points per minute of possession is. That's what I would love to know because I feel like we got to be at the top also because we're so fast. We barely ever have the ball. We lose the possession battle almost every game because our offense is so fast. Um, so I'd love to know that stat. If anybody else wants to do the research, you know, completely up to you guys. But uh, um, some other things, I think I have like some teaching points, but like overall stuff, the drive before the half, three plays, 35 yards, 14 seconds. I mean, so impressive, so impressive to go that fast, so impressive to just yeah, he threw it to Tillman three times in a row um, just to have the balls to do that. I mean, everyone knows that the past three years with Jeremy Pruitt, we would have taken a knee. There's no way we would have gone for it. There's no way we would have even tried, and it ended up being the reason why we won that game. Um, another thing that I, I want to talk about before I get into, like, individuals that did really well that I that I liked on certain plays and specifics. So at the end of the game, we had a drive after after they scored. We're up 45-42. There's nine minutes and 36 seconds left. At that point, our time of possession was eight minutes and 29 seconds for the entire game. We drove down the field and took off four minutes and 54 seconds. We were about 60% of our, of our total, um, how you say it, our, our total possession time. We did another 56% just in the fourth quarter, ran that clock down. And I think that is such like a huge thing because as you went through the game through three and a half quarters, all you had was eight minutes and 30 seconds of gameplay. And then all of a sudden you do four, almost five minutes in the fourth quarter. We don't end up getting points out of it. We missed the field goal. That was the, uh, the double sack where that was the, uh, the Jalen Wright drive where we're driving, pounding, 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 and then we take the two sacks and miss the field goal in the red zone. Yes, it's also yes. the one where it was like a false start. Yes, yeah. It was, and then we got yeah. to redo third down that, that, yes. that drive. Yeah. We missed the field goal, but it takes off four minutes and 54 seconds, which is like, like it's almost insane to think like how fast we were going before. And we just kind of slowed it down just a little bit. And we're able to take that much time. Like I, in and of itself, like that is a very impressive thing to literally switch up the way your offense is moving in the fourth quarter, just to take time away from Kentucky, being confident that you're going to score and just not letting them get as much time. Like, Absolutely love that. And I mean, it really does make a difference when, when you break it down that way. Um, so individual plays that I love to talk about, uh, you know, we had that first play, we came back on the next drive. We ran the, the same play again 
and I don't know if people saw this, but Jacob Warren absolutely decleated a linebacker running out to the flats to tackle Javante Payton. It was our second play. We scored on that first one. It was our first play and our second drive. Jacob Warren's lined up outside. Linebacker comes running out there with the motion of uh, Jabari Small out of the end zone. Jacob Warren literally takes him off of his feet and just dumps him on the ground. And I, immediately, like, I didn't notice it at gameplay, but when I rewatched it, I, like, screamed. I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I have to, sh- I have to shout out Jacob Warren. Love the guy. Coached the guy when he was in high school, so had to shout him out. Um, other stuff, like, I was so impressed with Hendon. Uh, like, honestly, dude, it's it, every week I just feel better and better about him. And, you know, it's such a weird thing to think about because, like, he could barely even try and start at Virginia Tech. Like, he was struggling a lot there, not really performing well. And it's, I just feel like Heifel's putting him in the right situations. I, I let me let me let me jump in real quick. I don't necessarily think I don't I don't know enough of it, but I don't necessarily think you. Well, okay, I, I won't I won't because I was gonna say I don't necessarily think he was like struggling and had a chance to start and then would struggle and then they would pull him. I think it was maybe he just didn't fit what Fuente was doing and Fuente like he would play okay and then have a bad game. So then they put. So I thought it was more of a quarterback carousel but then as i was about to say that i was like watch i really don't know that so but anyway maybe someone can tell us different because i don't think he was like some troubled garbage quarterback coming from there by any means no i i don't think he was garbage i i I wouldn't put it i wouldn't put it that far um i I wouldn't say great you know Uh, okay yeah yeah but i think he was average there i thought i think he was pretty good i think he had his moments for sure yeah i think like i think like Milton looked like below average at Michigan, you know, mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. where Hooker was kind of average while he was at. Okay. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Um, but very impressed with him. I just I honestly thought it was awesome. Uh, another guy's impressed with Cedric Tillman. I mean, buddy just, um, just makes plays. That's just what he does. Those three plays right before the half, the big long catch um, over number 14, the touchdown catch he had, I, I just love that we're that like we actually fed him the ball more. I think he needs to be in the offense more. And it, when I really start to think about it, I'm like, dude, like our skill positions and, and where we're at skill wise. Like, and I know we thought before the season, like, oh, we're going to be okay. We got good depth at wide receiver, got good depth at running back. Like, it's going to be fine. But like, I'm so excited for the future because of the fact that, you know, Jalen Hyatt's a sophomore. Uh, Jalen Wright at running back is a freshman. And it's just like a lot of these other guys can come back another year. We can be in a really good spot moving forward. And I just lo- – I'd love to see – like it just made me think about that when I was watching. I'm like, dude, with how good Jalen Wright – like Jalen Hyatt has been and Jalen Wright's like showing, you know, improvement and all that kind of stuff, it just – it makes me feel good about what's what's to come. Um uh, Jabari, Jabari Small, dude, that touchdown run and that juke, oh my gosh! In, in in high school, when me and my buddies would play NCAA or Madden, we play against each other, and if you had a special move on somebody, a juke, a spin, whatever, or a hit stick, 
we literally start going huh? Huh? like that was so nasty. I'm about to throw up. That's how good it was. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of. When he just hit that hit his foot in the ground and juke back. I was just like, huh? Huh? oh God, that was huh? I can just see I can see you and Cody and Saul and like whoever else playing that right now. And someone just went huh? and like yeah, so yeah. over dramatic. Yeah, exactly. As soon as you like get a big hit with like a slant coming across the middle incompletion, then you're just like so that i i love that by jabari i think he's such a great running back his his one cut movement is amazing i just wish he could stay out on the field longer and tie on i i I don't know what's going on with them i thought hey we got a bye week we're gonna be good they're gonna be healthy they're gonna be able to stay out there the whole game and we just cannot get these guys out there uh, which sucks. Um, I guess we can, you can, you know, point out some things that you saw, and then I can possibly step in on some like improvement stuff that I would want out of the offense. Uh, have you hit any? So was that kind of like your plays that you wanted to go over yet, or? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I the, some of the improvement stuff is on some of the plays. Okay. All right. Let me let me jump. About, so. All right. Let me jump in. So. Um, as I mentioned, I was watching the game at a wedding, so I'm going back and forth, back and forth, score watching, score checking, and I have text messages coming in. And so I have the Vols watch party and it's so dramatic, the ups and downs. It's like, oh my gosh, let's go. It's like, okay, well, I know something good just happened when we scored. Or it's like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is terrible, like whatever. So obviously we all get fired up on the first score, but then I'm, I'm starting to get to the clubhouse now for the reception. I'm getting these texts. And it's like, Oh no, like, Holy crap, we're screwed. We can't stop the run. They're controlling everything. And I'm like, wait, what? And so I'm getting the highs and lows of people's feelings. And then I'm seeing what I watched highlight wise until I go back today on the car ride back and I get to rewatch it. And so that's like, it's like two different games, to be honest, when you, when you're hearing it and stuff like that. For sure. So, so first off offensively, and and I guess saying that is really more for defense to, to be honest, because of some of the different stuff that I saw, but offensively, man, to get that touchdown like that, I was, after I got heard on the radio, I was like, let's go, let's go. Like a couple things I thought of is like you, what'd you say last podcast? We need to start fast. If we start fast and, and, and Kentucky has to play from behind, it kind of changes things. So it's like, to be honest, I, I still didn't think that their offense was that different. I, I really felt like I was watching the Titans with their, with their offense. They run the ball. They'll run the quarterback every so often at a good time. They love a nice play action, a deep dig or a nice play action curl. And I thought their offense was pretty good, to be honest, like, I thought they ran the ball well. Um, I think their offensive linemen got up to the second level well. And no, so, I mean, like, I think, I think their offense is good in no way. Right. You know, and, and right. they scored 42 points. So it's like, right. <laughs> they didn't really struggle at all. Right. No, no, exactly. So, but, but then to go with us, and it's like first play. So, so I was saying that to say, yeah, we can take them out of their pound the run or whatever, but they, they weren't as much pounded as I thought they were held or not, you know, a, a naval or, you know, the an Air Force or Navy or Army. But um, 
we score fast. I'm like, bet. Another thing I thought besides after the starting fast was, dude, Javante Payton has wheels like I did not think he had. Like when I saw him at practice, good athlete, like good, just, just a good player, just a good player. Like you could see him and know that he was going to be somewhat productive. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't think he was going to be like this. And then when I saw him start making plays, I'm like, all right, he can beat some people deep, you know. But I'm like, when you when you have people that can either beat someone deep or can go get a jump ball, even if they show speed when they're going deep, that still doesn't mean that they can be someone who catches a screen and houses it. In, in my personal opinion, like, there are, there are receivers that I'm like, oh, you're going to put them in the burner and let them run by someone and throw a go route to them? Sure. But if I thought that same person was going to catch a screen route, I'm like, oh, hell no. Because, like, I just don't trust them either making a move or catching in traffic yeah, or making the – different kind or, of speed. Right, right. And so when he took off, I was very, very impressed by that. Like, very impressed. I was like, dude's got some really good wheels. And so, anyways, offensively, I just – I mean, I just loved some of the – I'm kind of more dive into some of the actual plays compared to overall. Um, because that's, that's kind of what, what more, what I want to talk about besides now is first off the great, the great slot shot. I I mean, he pulls it again. And and the fact that these defenses are not taking that away and it's, it's in all types of football. I mean, NFL, which which one are you talking about? Velas Jones, Velas Jones. I'm about to get there. So it's our second possession, second second possession. Yes. So it's second possession. And you got to remember, I'm watching the game knowing we win, but I had not seen this play yet. So I'm kind of watching this drive. It's like we get like two or three yards, and then we don't get anything. So it's like, all right, a third and eight. And it's short side of the field. And we got all this wide side of the field over here. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe he's coming this way with something. No, what does he do? He puts Velas in the slot, and Kentucky's dumb enough to put a linebacker over top of it. Now, most of the time, if you see a linebacker over top, that usually means it's zone, and they're just splitting the difference. Well, what do they do? It's genius. Is he's run it all? He that's I, I swear it's like Hypel knows he's not. He doesn't need to get flushed because he's like, well, I'm just gonna pull this out. But he's like, he knows he has his ace in the holes almost when he needs them. And so it's like, all right, I'm gonna get Velas. You know, so if you're watching on YouTube, we got Javante Payton here. I think it was, and then Velas here, and they're dumb enough to put a linebacker. Well, hell, even if it's a corner or or a safety, they still don't have a chance because it's the bend in, a little bit of traffic. And as a defensive back, like when your guy releases to the outside, you're you're opening your hips and kind of running with him, but you're not already running back. You're kind of running an angle. And that's all Velas Jones needs. When he sees you at an angle and he turns, he takes two or three steps out and cuts it up, you're done. It's it's over. And yeah, and the safety that, that like dig or or post or whatever the route was by Peyton, who was on the outside, like holds the safety away the safety. Correct. And that's so what I was about to say. Had zero help. Correct. And that's what I was about to say. So it's like, pick your poison with Heifel. If that safety does go over the top, which that's how these defenses might start coaching that, is, hey, safety, you got to take this away. Well, then you might be giving up a deep post uh, that goes into a touchdown like we had it at Alabama, or you're just going to give up a 15, 20-yard deep dig. And and so it's like, he just he, it's so awesome and fun and enjoyable to see. And so the great slot shot strikes again, and it's going to continue striking, and it's it's going to continue happening all across football at different levels because it's just such a good, you know, it's such a good match. Um, 
I it was so funny watching the stats. I mean, of course, uh, as the game went on, everyone was showing the time of possession and all this and that. I'm like, first off, I was thinking about the time of the possession. Yes, like I would be tired if I'm on defense, but if our team is winning the game or it's a one possession game, like I'm still juiced. Like yeah. if you if I got to be out there, it's a hell of a lot different to be out there when we're in the lead or it's back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, you know, Ole, Ole Miss they were out there a lot, but. They were also down maybe a touchdown or or, or two at, at some certain points. So as a defensive player, you're playing different when your team's winning or when your team's scoring on one or two or three different plays, and you're like, let's go. Like, all right, um, we're coming back. And so um, so I wasn't too worried about time of possession. And and I swear it ha- it cannot be coincidence that Hypel has these little tricks up his sleeves. We, I've never seen more linemen go down on PATs, and that has to be him doing that on purpose because they're always, always fine, and they always end up walking off. He has to be doing that to give the defense time. And if he, if he is, like, you know, Maybe. Kiffin does it. Kiffin does it in the middle of the game, and he overkills it. But if Hypo's going to do that once or twice a game, like, you know what? That's some good, that's some good Vrabel stuff, man. Like, I just love the fact that he puts the twos on field goal. Because a lot of teams put the one guys out there on field goal, and field goal, like you've seen, you can get hurt a lot easier because uh, there's a big old pileup. And yeah. like the, the ones after going to whatever drive it was or running downfield, 15-play drive or something like that, and then you have to go on field goal, like, it, like you're <laughs> – it's very difficult to block. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And and the twos, the 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 walk-ons maybe, or you know, non-scholarship guys who or just younger guys, they get a chance to play. Like they get a chance to impact the game. When I was a redshirt freshman and sophomore, that was the only way that I got in the game was field goal. And I took pride in that. It's like I want to be on field goal. I want to take you know, make it easier for the guys that are starting and I want to contribute to this team. So that means if that's the only way I get on the field, perfect. Let me go do it. You know, and just like, so it's just threefold. It's giving guys opportunities that wouldn't really have it. It's preventing injuries from your starters and it's keeping them fresh and not tired and not like giving up a block because they're worn out after going 10, 11 play drive. Right. Well, it's just something. It. It, it's just something I noticed today. So I could definitely see him doing that, just to give the defense a little bit. Uh, and I tie that into what you said later. This man still knows when he needs to eat some clock up. And I thought it was very impressive when we had the Jalen Wright drive to basically seal the game. If it wasn't for two sacks and a and a off, and a false start or whatever, I mean, because if we score a touchdown there, you know, then we go up ten and. You know, it's going to be pretty tough for Kentucky to make it happen. So, um, but then, and then we jump to what he did for the Jalen Hyatt. It's like, bro, he's got the, he gets the four. He has like almost the diamond four to the right. Jabari Small comes out and Jabari Small is just a decoy, but after, besides the decoy, he's also an outlet. So it's like, hey, we're going to decoy to hold somebody. And if they don't hold, then okay, you can throw it to him after your second or third read. Okay, then you have number one, streaks. He's just taking the corner out, or, you know, corner of the safety out of the play. Then you have number two, he kind of gets in a little little tussle, a little mesh with the nickel or whoever's over him, and he starts to pull him. Well, then you put the burners on high. It's just a great play design. Like, there's just so much going on that they have to each pick, 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 
And if you if they might have picked to jump with hot with with Hyatt, well then okay, we're gonna dig it down to Jabari or we're gonna dig it down to the guy who's at the top of the diamond. So that stuff is just so creative and it's it's so enjoyable to watch. And it's not it's not rocket science. He's not trying to overthink stuff. He's not putting people forward a diamond and going, okay, we're gonna do a slant and then we're gonna do an out and then we're gonna do a go and then we're gonna do a curl. It's like, no, like we can basically it was basically three goes and a banana route. And it's like just just yeah. pick pick one defensive player to mess with, and then whatever they do, you do opposite. And so great like, play. I mean, like a simple – like anyone who never even played football, like when you look see the play pre-snap and you see that there's a bunch of – like there's a four guys over there in a bunch, and you can just look. Like we have four, they have four. That automatically – like before the play started, I was like, okay, here we go. Like we're right. about to take advantage of this. Like – we have numbers on that side. Correct. Correct. So it was like, and, it was like already. So like, Oh, perfect. Like he, he already got a formation. It, the formation beat the defense before the guys even ran their routes. So then they run crisp, good routes and it beats them even worse. And Jalen's wide open. Now I am very annoyed that they did not even like get close to showing a replay of that. And like, showing how he might have or not stepped out of bounds. I mean, it looked like it from the wide view, but I'm still like, hey, show us the sideline. Like, right. let us at least see it. Right. It felt like right. that was kind of weird. It was a little weird, and I was going to say those type of plays are gut-wrenching because that should be a score. Just like those open balls that we missed in Pitt and in Bowling Green some of the other games, like, those are plays to go from – above average to good or from good to great or whatever you want to call it. Like you got to score there because a couple of plays later, we have a really bad miscommunication and we have a fumble. I mean, that's a 14 point swing. Once again, we're still in the first quarter. You want to talk about starting fast. Starting fast doesn't mean just having to score on the first play of the game or your first drive of the game. That means being up 21 to seven. And, huge. And, and Kentucky's like, wait, what the just happened, bro? Like, the, it, we're not even the second quarter and we're down. I mean, yeah. I'm, I don't think this would have happened. I think Kentucky's much, they are much better than those teams. But, like, you know, what What if we, what if a couple other things goes wrong and we got another Missouri or South Carolina game on our hands? And it's, well, that's the thing. Hey, like if you, if, and it's, hey, it's over. Thanks for, thanks for hosting us, basically. Yeah. Like if you go up 21 7, it, 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 Kentucky has to think of it as, okay, we can run our usual offense and go down and score, but then we're still down seven, and then they will score because they're such a prolific offense. So it's just going to – we're going to be down either seven or 14 the entire game. And it, just, like, it, just, it just means they have to be very mentally strong to be patient, meaning are you going to trust and run your offense? Are you going to stay with what you do, or, yeah. or did we take you out of your game plan? Yeah. Are we dictating to you? And, and you and I both know at any level of sports, if you're di- if the offense is dictated to the defense, you know, they're screwed. If the defense dictating to the offense, they're screwed. Or for one whole team, you take someone out of their game plan, it's very difficult for that that team to win. But yeah. um, so I, that was a huge play. That was a huge, huge play that really could have just changed the tie of the game. Um, it was good to see Hyatt in there, though. Um, you know, some other stuff offensively. I took a picture of a play that I love on uh, – it was a nice play-action rollout. And Hendon had two bad misses. And, and we had three. But that's just him. Like, he's – that's what's going to happen. It's kind of like Dobbs in the dip back in the day. Like, he's a better passer than Dobbs. Dobbs is a lot better runner than he was. But they're both going to have just a couple misses. Like, yeah, he had one out yeah. route. The Fant one. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I love that play design. We had uh, Cedric Tillman way, way, way outright. We had a couple, two, uh, two other guys left. It looks like it's going to be a run. They play action run. The corner or nickel, who was supposed to be, I guess, guarding Princeton, is not watching Princeton. because. And I thought about this, too. Like, as a defender, if I'm up, I know I have you at tight end. But I also, if I see a run, I don't want to engage with you because I'm thinking you're going to block me. So I'm trying to get around you. And so what he did, and it, that's just what play, that's the beauty of play action, is this guy's not looking at Princeton. So he thinks he's cutting in about to make a tackle. It's a quick play action, roll out. And I love a play design like that. He's got to hit that. Um, he had another one that was like hilariously bad. I mean, it was like a comeback or a hitch route, and he sent it like five yards right and 10 yards too high. I swear, you know, I think I think that might have like, yeah, like it's, yeah. missed his grip or something because it was just like it. He didn't get hit. No one was in his face. And it was just like a comeback to like Cedric Tillman over on the sideline. And it just soared like over all the players standing on the sideline. I'm not kidding. I saw a couple of those when we went to practice on routes on air. That's why I was like, dang, this boy boy ain't playing. (laughs) Shows what I know. But but he did. And so, but the one that I really bummed me out was the third eight late in the game and poor Cedric Tillman. (laughs) <laughs> running with that hand out, like doing the do 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 steps, and I'm, I'm I've seen that guy do it a hundred times this year. But that was just that one. I was watching at the wedding. I was like, that's when I started to get a little nervous because they had gotten it within three, and I was like, we, let's keep the pressure on them. And they made a good stop, three and out. But um, you know, to kind of wrap up offensively for me, because I mean, hell, we we didn't run even many plays, but I was happy with J- how Jalen. Uh, ran. I was very happy with how Jabari ran. Once again, like, it's funny. It's such a week-to-week game. Like, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we wanted to nominate Tyon Evans as, you know, the next Jamal Lewis. And now we haven't heard from him, but that's just what we said going into this. Like, we trust Hypo. We trust these all these backs to be pretty productive. And so, and it, I was also very happy with the offensive line being able to have a four- or five-minute drive at the end of the game against that defensive front seven and really make some nice holes. Um, I know the sack yardage is going to hurt his running yardage, but for Hendon Hooker to only have, quote-unquote, 41 yards of rushing, that man had some very nice and very big-time, timely runs. 25-yard rush on a third and 10, just like, I mean, he's a baller, dude. He he is. He is. He is. And so, um, basically – you know, some other stuff by that. I'm trying to look. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's great to see Cedric Tillman go up. I love the pictures that you put on Twitter because when I was watching that in the car today and that guy went like this, like he little, he little, I'm like, bro, you're a clown. Like, I don't get why corners do that. All they're doing is setting themselves up. Now, maybe if that was like a fourth and eight and it was to like almost seal the game, okay. But put that chest out. Dude, pull a Jonathan Allen back in the day against Bama. When he swats it in the end zone and pulls that helmet off, he's like, what's up? I'm that guy. But you got a lot of ball to play, and then you get Moss, and then you go down with an injury, and then you look like a clown. So it's like – but yeah. I love um, – I mean, I when, I was, when I was re-watching it, I remember him celebrating at the time and being like, God, whatever. And then, you know, game went on. I didn't really pay attention to who Cedric Tillman Moss. But then when I was re-watching it and saw him celebrate, saw him do the too small thing – I literally was like, hmm. I was like, I wonder, I wonder what happens the rest of the game with this number 14. 
and Cedric Tillman because I know Cedric Tillman had a good game and I know he's a freaking boss. I was like, just okay, I'm gonna keep watching and see what happens. And then that play, literally, like I like I almost planned it. That play happens over, just mossed him, made him look like an idiot. And I was like, oh, that is beautiful. That is just, just so nice to see. Yeah. Well, and I, and you said I did not see, which I want to go back and see Jacob Warren getting him one, and that's great to hear. I saw him on another one where he didn't pick like pick a guy up and like declete him, but he almost as embarrassing locked the guy up and drove him basically like he was taking him to the sideline. So Jacob blocked well. Cedric continued to block pretty well. Also, Jacob um, like that that touchdown, that little pop pass play action. Oh, I, it's right yes. over the middle. It's beautiful. Hendon stays in the pocket when there's pressure in his face, and just is able to deliver a ball to Jacob. Oh, great play design, great execution by Hendon and Jacob. So love that too. I will. Say, I, I I actually have a heart by it. Um, I, I had a heart by it because I said my tight end PA scene because I, I always love that play. I love it. It took me back to the tweet that we that I sent out at the beginning of the year. I said, guys, watch Jacob Warren, big boy. So we knew he's athletic. We knew he could play. Like that's a good person to have controlling that middle of the field. So I loved it, and I, I love to see that. The only play call that I can really remember that I wasn't a super big fan of was the fourth and four that we got bailed out on the PI or not bailed out, but you know, we didn't complete it, but it's a PI. Like I just sometimes don't like that play. It's, it's not, I want routes to go further than the first down. I just don't like those out routes to the first down. Like I'm more, I feel much better about a slant or like a whip, a whip route, but not to the outside, to the inside. I love those actually. Um, I just – when you're going that way, I just – it's a very easy throw to either oversell, oversell it or too far out towards the sideline because you don't want the corner to come come through and make a pick. So, it's I just mean, not the route easiest route is definitely the hardest, the hardest route to throw as a quarterback. Right, right. And so, I just don't – I'm not a huge fan of those. I would rather have a deep out than kind of one of those short outs because you're not getting the – cornerback on his heels as much i mean some corners if they're at five yards and they're good you never make them you never make them break their 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 stance or break their form because you're really turning on a speed out at about three yards depending on how they coach you, you're breaking on a speed out at three yards and then kind of climbing or or if it's more than four you're getting four yards and climbing so that he really never broke and he can kind of jump it so that was the only one that really i didn't like and and for me i kind of like to have something I kind of like to have something that's a little, maybe a little play action, give an option for Hendon to run, which you could say he had an option to run on that one, but that's something more middle of the field. But other than that, the last thing I'll say about offense is I love how this team has incorporated out routes or, or hitches. It's either, I don't know if they're deep hitches or out routes, but then the regular hitch, and they just become so routine. Like you don't see them a ton anymore. But Heupel runs them all the time, and they're I love them. Like, we – when we used to run them, like when Pruitt was our coach, I was terrified every time it was thrown because I thought it was going to get a pick or we didn't have a receiver coming back to the ball or whatever. Now we run it, and I'm like, oh, great play, easy five, six, seven yards. And those are the ones that also break tackle and when we'll see you. And yeah. so I love that he's incorporated those because they're just – they're such a good route to, to run if you can do them efficiently, which we do. Well, it's also the player. I mean – when JG's on the field, you thought almost every ball could be picked off. So agreed, agreed. But I, I don't want to throw it off on him because I do see other people 
whether NFL or college, that they'll run hitch routes. And I don't think they do them as effectively as us. And I don't know if that's because they're so worried about the deep shot and yeah. getting their head, you know, getting taken over their head. But I, I just love it. I just – because it's one of those simple things that if you can do it, it's great. Yep. Uh, two things, or maybe three, before move to defense that I was talking about earlier is just like coaching points. The fumble that we had in the first quarter, that's on Hendon. He needs to get better at that quarterback exchange of the running back. It is not the running back's responsibility to take it away from the quarterback. He's just going through the motion of getting the handoff. It is the quarterback's responsibility to give it to him. So if the quarterback's indecisive, things like that happen where he's not sure if he wants to pull it and run it himself or actually give it to the running back, that's when those kind of fumbles happen. So that is on Hendon, 100% on him. So people can understand from home that is on Hendon as a quarterback. Um, also, Hendon stuff, I thought in the fourth quarter, like that drive I was talking about earlier that took five minutes off, I thought that he – he, I think that he does struggle. I don't think he's thrown a ball away the whole year. Like, I think he struggles a lot with throwing balls away. He's either like, I'm going to get it to the person, I'm going to run it myself, or it's going to be a sack. And sometimes it's like, hey, throw the ball away, live to play another down. I'm happy I'm ha- I'm happy you brought that up because that was maybe the only knock I had on him is like, I, I respect someone that wants to keep fighting, keep a play alive, but sometimes just, just, just get rid of it. Just get, especially in those red zones when we are going to get a potential field goal, like just get rid of the ball, man. Just no, hey, hey, swallow your pride. You can't outrun everybody. You can't always get a first down of your legs. Just throw that ball away. Because there was, I can't remember what down a distance it was, um, but it, it was on that drive. I think it might have been. Well, no, it wasn't the third down. It was the second down. I'm pretty sure it was. They had three wide receivers out. It was man coverage, zero, no safety help, nobody deep, and everybody up in the box. And I looked at it pre-snap like, oh, we have man coverage. Like, Hendon can see that. There's no safety help. It is man coverage. So he knows he's got one-on-one with all three of his wide receivers. He better take advantage of this. And he drops back. They blitz. They have six blockers. And he gets sacked. And it's like – you have to know because I have man coverage, everyone's coming at me. I have no time. I need to get rid of this ball. I need to get it to the wide receiver where I want him to be. And if that's not it, then throw it away. Then get it the heck out. So I think it's just those little things where it's like Hinden does so well on so many things, but there's always something to me to improve on everybody. No one is perfect. Everyone has something to improve on. So that's just like little stuff like that. Um, and then our boy Spragans back with a vengeance. Both sacks were on him. Miscommunications. I, I don't know if he's just like not understanding what the blocking scheme is, but like both times, I saw one play where he's talking to Cade, and then he just completely just sets away from the guy from the defensive lineman that's over top of him, and it's a sack. He doesn't even touch the guy. And Kay looks at him like, what are you doing? It's th- it's four down, like you're supposed to do this. And then the next time, Cooper points at the guy where he's supposed to go, and Spragans just completely oversets him and just lets him run right past him, a defensive lineman. And I'm like, like, if anything, as an offensive lineman, you should know, I need to block 
the four most dangerous people. Those are always defensive linemen. I need to block them first. A lot of times, a de- if somebody inside the defensive end is not dropping back in coverage, it's not like you have to look at him first before you look at maybe a blitz that's coming off the edge. He is more dangerous. He's closer to the center. He's more dangerous. He can get to the quarterback faster. I just don't know if Spragans is really comprehending that, where it's like, even if that guy isn't your responsibility, you shouldn't just leave him. Like, put a hand on him. Punch him. Do something to him. If the running back's supposed to pick him up, you don't have anybody else to worry about. Help your running back out. Punch, give him a hand, do something like that, and then go out. Then help your tackle, or then See, get the blitzer that's coming. That's one thing I thought Kentucky did really well, is when they were getting second level, they made sure to get a one-arm punch on someone else, because you can't really get technically engage uh, when you're two-on-two. Two. Well, you can engage two-on-two, two, you can't go high-low, but they did a good job is they would double team, but they would get a quick punch and then get up to the linebackers. Yeah. Um, so I, I see what you're saying. I had a question on Jabari's run. Yeah. Was that it wasn't a counter? Was it a design cutback like that? Because we pulled no. left. No, that was all Jabari. That oh, was okay. all okay. that was all Jabari seeing the defense and being like, I see a hole back here because so, what they ran. We had two was, pullers. Yeah. Yeah, they had two pullers. Like he was supposed to go. If you're watching on YouTube, I can put it on there, but he's supposed to go to the left side of the offensive line, like behind um, Wright and and, uh, Carvin. Like that's where he's supposed to go. He's supposed to follow the block of Spragans pulling around. He doesn't. He cuts back the other way. The reason why that hole is there is – It's because A, A, Kate sealed really well, but but their backside guy for Kentucky came upfield and did not hold his spot. Because they designed that play where usually on like a regular counter, Cade would squeeze and set back. Oh, right. Take right. the yes. on the edge. Yeah. Instead, they said, hey, Cade, what I want you to do is just go up second level or maybe even go down and seal a three technique that might be there. And what we're going to do is read off of that defensive end. We're going right. to make him – have to protect against Hendon running it. Yes, yeah. So with that, Jabari was able to see a huge seam because defensive end was so worried about Hendon that he could just cut back a little bit and take it upfield, and then it's one-on-one with him in the safety. And he made a miss, and we've talked about it before. Running backs are always – you are always taught as a running back, you have one guy that make him is miss. yours, that you have to take care of, that you have to make him miss, that you have to run him over, you have to do something – because we can't block everybody. We are outnumbered. Most of the time, that's because you have a quarterback. Like, the quarterback can't block for you. So, 11 versus 11, numbers don't add up. So, you got one guy. Um, and Jabari, like we've said before, he does a great job at, like, making that guy miss and just being able to get to the, you know, get to the third level, if yeah. you'll say that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's it. It was just, like, those – few things on offense uh, so we can jump into defense, even though we've talked about offense for a good amount of time right now. Uh, defense, it, it, there's so many more plays. So I feel like there's so much Dude, more to talk about. Oh, my, half these notes. I mean, it wasn't like I was ill-prepared, but I was just like, we we're going through offense. And I said a couple of things I want to say. I'm like, all right, time for defense. Like, I mean, yeah. so let me, let me, let me jump in here real quick. Um yeah. Be Aaron Beasley, I liked how he played. I thought he flashed. I thought he played played well. Uh, yes, he had 
maybe one missed tackle I wasn't happy with that I saw. You're looking yeah. at me like, all right, Reed, no, I disagree. But I mean, he had a couple that I saw. I mean, I think I think Rodriguez is a damn good running back. So like But let me say this. He, bare, you're going against a very yeah. good running back, and I can he, tell he's a good running back because I don't think I ever saw him get stopped or fall backwards. He was always falling. Always, forward. yes, yes. Well, I thought Beasley, I thought Beasley brought it well. I thought when he got to the point of contact, he wrapped up m- most of the time, but he also brought a thump with him. I thought this was the best game I've seen Elijah Simmons play all year, which makes sense. This is his, this is his game. Like, he's going to play or get a chance to play at the second level because he's going to play for a traditional 3-4 defense, and they're going to say, hey, man, go in here, eat up two blocks. If you can shed someone and make a tackle, great. And last night – he did a really good job taking on double teams when they came at him. He did a really good job holding his line of scrimmage. Obviously, he's a hoss. Nobody can really move him. But he did a really good job of shedding and making tackles. He probably had four or five tackles – well, three or four tackles that I definitely and saw. He is that traditional nose tackle. Like yes. Like Will Fork kind of guy. Yes, yes, yes. And so, he did his job well. Um Once again, Matthew Butler had some really nice plays. They kind of – I don't know if it just looked that way, but it was almost like they used some of his aggression against him. Like he's so good at shooting the gap and they would just say, okay, if when he shoots it, just run him out, let him go that way. And we're going to run opposite. You don't, you don't know if that's planned or if it's just a play design against what we call what they call, but he still had some really nice plays. Uh, Byron young man, the guy's such a good football player because not only does he get in positions to make plays, he makes them when he's there. Well, there's a lot of people that can shoot a gap really well and they get there to make the sack, and they end up missing it. And it's still a good football play because his buddy comes behind him, you know, and makes the play. So it's like, all right, eat up, Brian, but you don't get the sack because, you know, someone else came in behind him. No, like when he's there, he's like, it's, it's, I, I'm here to make the play. I'm going to make it. Yeah, and so and it all – example, it, I love Tyler Barron, but he had exact – like he had yes, an opportunity. on third and three. And he missed. Yeah. Yes, you know, I know. And, and, and uh, the quarterback ended up getting like a four or five yard. Game. It was the, it was the hurdle play. Yeah, because I, I yeah because I, I I noticed it. So Tyler Barron comes in, he misses him. Guy steps up in pocket, hurdles, they get a first down. So yes, not only what football is to make you a good player. Like for example, Tennessee. If we all like all majority of our players like Spragans or some of these other guys, they're probably like 81, 82 in Madden. It's like they're pretty good but they're going to also make a dumb play here or there. The really good teams, they're all in the 90s and 91s because they make more they make more of those good plays to great plays and have less of those, like, boneheaded ones. Yeah. And so that's where Byron Young is to me is, like, he gets there and he makes the play. It's hilarious watching people try to run a read option against him because they, they still got two or three yards on it, but he read it, he forced the give and still made the tackle. And yeah. so it's like it's like he's just a he's just a freak athlete and and but a lot of these freak athletes that you see or some of these guys that even get drafted to go to the NFL because of their potential it's like man if we could just rein them in a little bit like they get there but then they don't know what to do when they get there like no bro like he gets there and he makes a play yeah, like being out of so, control yeah exactly yes exactly and like for my Titans fans it was what Adore Jackson was. The guy, it was so weird. He was always in position, and he would always get a ball caught on him. It's like because he didn't play the ball well or whatever. So that's a big deal that Byron does that. And so 
Anyways, uh, Tyler Barron still had a couple nice plays. He got really lucky to not have the face mask. The face mask ended up maybe in a way like I was gonna say win us the game because Stoops gets the p gets the gets the personal foul or the on sports fly conduct, which you can't do that as a coach. Now I know they got the fourth and twenty four, which I had. I was sitting watching it, and when they, I had a weird feeling they were gonna get it, and I was like, I'm not a big blitzer, like like defenses I played on. And I just – my – I get really nervous when you bring the blitz and do the man up behind you. As I've gotten a little bit older, I'm more comfortable with it because I'm like, F it, man. Like, the guy – if he, if you blitz effectively and they don't have some dog at receiver or quarterback, then you're going to be usually pretty good. And so I was like, fourth and 24, I was like, maybe we should just bring the house and not have him give time. But I was like, no, fourth and 24 is a long way. If it was like fourth and nine or ten – then, then you know, maybe bring the blitz. But I'm like, it's fourth and 24. Keep it in front of you, make the tackle. They had a good play design. Like, it is what it is. But that's the resilience of this team for this year. I don't want to say it's Heifel's teams because I'm going to, you know, he has to prove it to me that he can do it year in and year out. But to give that play up and that our coaches say, you know what, F it. We set back and we third and Chavis, we fourth and Chavis, and they got it. F that, bro. If we leave, if we leave here – we're, leave, we're leaving here going down. And they brought the house. They trusted their linebackers. We got back there. And after the fourth and 24, they don't make another yard. We win the game. And yeah. that's the resilience. That's the resilience as a player, as a college kid, to not be like, like F, man, like we just lost a game. Like, no, like there's still time on the clock. Keep playing. I'm glad. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because I was going to talk about it. Like, I wonder what the exact, like, coverage call was on that fourth and 24 and like whose fault it was like i would love to like really be able to see it because you can't really see it on the tv copy but tim banks immediately adjusted and third and 10 and fourth and 10 he runs cover one one high safety man across all wide receivers he and brings ends it everyone else yes yes and it's like holy shit he was like all right screw this i rust three dropped eight they converted i'm coming at him I'm making him uncomfortable, making him back and try and throw. Yes, yes. And it worked like a charm. I mean, it, it, he couldn't do anything. So yeah. that was just like an amazing adjustment. Um, I thought well, like – And it's and the thing is, is like I'm glad you said that because it's an amazing adjustment at the most tight butthole time of the game. Like literally – Like, like, like the 59th like, minute. Like that's what yeah, he adjusted. Yeah, I mean it's in – and to be able to do that and to be able to just be like and trust your guys, yeah, it's I don't think people understand how how like, you know, and we still could have lost the game, but the fact that he said, All right, you know what? We're not gonna let him sit back there, but continue. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna say, like, uh the defense, like overall, when you thought about it, it was like, oh, like Kentucky, you could do whatever they wanted. They drove the ball all they wanted, they scored forty two points, like they're not doing these things, but the way our defense has played all year is that teams can score on us. Teams can drive the ball. They can convert those third downs. But when it really matters, our defense steps up. When it really matters, there was three drives that really made a difference where the drive before the half, they stopped them. Yep. Over on downs, we were able to get in field goal range and get a field goal. Huge swing of momentum. Massive. 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 Another one in the second half, we uh, get a turnover on downs. We go for it on, on fourth and five or something like that. They send the blitz. 
uh, Hinden like has like gets hit and fumbles like a half fumble. He dives on it, catches it. It's like a sack fumble. We turn over on downs. The, their team gets it. Our defense stops them, turns them over on downs, and we get the ball back. Like, and and that was a chance where we're up three that they could have taken over the lead from us. And yep. it's just like such an important time for for them to bow up. And then this last drive, this last drive of the, of the fourth quarter. Kentucky's been able to do whatever they wanted versus us. They've been getting 10, 15 yard pops no matter what, that throwing it to uh, Wandale Robinson all they want. And then all of a sudden, defense just goes, Nope, not anymore. Like, y'all are done now. We're going to force you into this. And I mean, it, yes, they converted on the fourth and 24, but think about it like this our defense forced them into two fourth downs on one drive. Right. Like, just to force a team into a fourth down is a big thing, especially a team that has gotten what 600 plus yards of offense and 42 points on you throughout the entire game. And then all of a sudden right. you're just like, no, like this isn't happening anymore. I got you. It's just, it's just those money downs. And it's like last night we made them compared to the Ole Miss game where we didn't make them when we necessarily needed to, but I want to continue talking about some different players. So that first drive, I was interested to see how we were going to make adjustments because they drove it right down. And Jeremy Banks and Air Beasley were coming up, and they were taking on blocks hard and doing everything they could, but they were just taking them on at third or fourth level, and they're just not big enough to do that. And then I did not think Tank and uh, Trade played well at all. Neither of them. Uh, I was, I mean, I was, was That's in my notes. I was like, Jalen Tank McCullough missed tackles. Just like – Bro, he has yeah. so many, and I literally want to go, you know what? Your name's Jalen from now on. I'm not calling you Tank anymore until you sh- show me otherwise because, like, that is not how a Tank plays. Correct. Correct. And and the one thing I remember when he came in one time as, a, as a, like, a true freshman, and all of a sudden I was, like, flashed across the street. I'm like, what the? Who's 22? Buddy was flying in and popping somebody and making a hell of a hit. And I'm like, wow, this kid's going to be a, a stud force while he's here. And last night he had a chance. And if you want to be a stud, when you get back there, and I don't, I think it was a blitz because he started creeping up and they put him in there or they gave him the opportunity and it's third and three. And he hits, I think, uh, smoke. Uh, or, Rodriguez. Or, I think. Yeah, it might have been Rodriguez or whatever. And he hits him, not at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. And he hits him hard. But it doesn't matter if you don't wrap up or make the tackle. Like, those are the plays that we have to recruit our level to to that means that we have uh, a Bama DB, an LSU DB, a Florida DB that's getting drafted in the first or two, first, second, you know, third round because they come up and they're either going to pop you and wrap up or they're going to come in and slide in and clack those legs out and get up and hit you with a flex. And so it's like, I respect the hard hit, but you got to make the play. And, you know, I didn't really see much from Trey, really. I think they both had like one or two plays. I was like, okay, like, you know, good job. I actually thought tank on that third or fourth down where he had a, a bat down. I, I actually thought he got there early. They didn't call it. so good play. Yeah. But I thought those two didn't have a good game at all. I thought, I mean, Warren Burrell played like whatever. That was a terrible drop that he had. But from what I saw, he just played He just played middle of the road besides that drop. I thought Alante played well. Like, from what know. I saw. I dude, mean, dude the, the throwback was – the throwback to the, to the quarterback was an incredible play by Alante. The fact I'll, that he hold was... on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is how much you and I watch the game alike. Because I literally have it in here that says Alante should get so much credit because he took on 
He stayed at home and he took on two blockers and ate up both of them. Yeah. So he yeah. stayed at home. He kept contain. He took on two offensive linemen as a corner and was still able to affect the play and get a tackle and not let them score. Like I, when I saw that, I was like, that that's the kind of stuff from like, yes, Alante, that's what I want to see out of you, baby. Like yes. that is fucking impressive as shit to do as a corner. Like, I know I blocked corners before. They have, no, they have no chance versus an offensive lineman. That's all we do is block people, and for them to get like for him to take on two offensive linemen on that play was so like so impressive to me. And then you mentioned the the Burrell drop. Man, I thought we'd have way more turnovers than we did than just the Alante pick six because Kentucky has been so bad at turning the ball over and so many fumbles this year and all that kind of stuff. I felt like I didn't really see a lot of punching or ripping at the ball like I wanted to. Uh, Theo Jackson had one uh, where he came from behind and hit hit out of uh, Wandell Robinson's hands, but it was near the sideline and nothing really happened out of it. But we had three dropped picks, like – three balls that hit our guys' hands that were not interceptions that man, like it, like it, if that happens, it's such a different ball game. If we, we just come away with those. Well, um, I, I know I said Warren Burrell did have a very nice play that I saw. Yeah, well, it was a good play because he ended up not making the tackle. Theo did a great job hustling out there, but when you're playing eight or nine yards deep at a corner and they hit a really quick, just get the ball to you. And he catches it and he comes up and it's a it is the most traditional one-on-one tackle you can have. And it's for me personally, when I used to play DB, I would couldn't like if I'm gonna have a one-on-one in the open field, I would rather have it to where maybe the guy already has the ball and he's already running, and he's gonna try to put a move on compared to where I have to like I guess what I'm trying to say there, if you're watching, like we're kind of already here and he's starting to do his dance and I gotta make the open field tackle, but when I'm back here and I have to shoot up to close the ground, your momentum gets used to get you so much. And so it was a great play when they did that. And Warren at least got back there. Theo yeah. came over. And those are big, big plays because if, if he makes that miss, like you don't know what that turns into on a wide side of the field. Um, yeah. Speaking so of, Speaking of Theo, I mean, Buddy's pass coverage was incredible during this game. I yeah, thought, played I well. He did. Yeah. From what I, I saw, played did. well. Such a great job. Um, I mean that third that third down where they ended up calling slaughter for a holding, like what an amazing play by Theo, like just staying on his guy, being from behind, reaching out, batting that ball down, like dude, he's such a freaking baller. Like I love that guy. I love Theo. I think he's freaking awesome. I mean, like he is definitely MVP of the defense this year. Well, I would say I would say Co. I mean, Matthew Butler has been outstanding. That's so, so, That's so I would say they're probably co-defensive. But, yeah, that was a hell of a play. I hated that by Danico. Like, you just got to be smarter than that. And when I mean smarter than that, like, A, if it's third down, but B, like, if you're going to cheat, like, don't get caught. Like, if you're going to hold, just don't get caught. Like, I did it plenty. You did it a plenty. A bunch of people do it plenty. It's just like you got to be good at it. And, and like, like as a DB, like, you got you to gotta hold around the hip, man. Like, you got to grab correct. I was like just, you got to yes. grab the hip bone, not the actual jersey, like the hip bone, and yes. pull it and change it's the an momentum. Op- yes, I was. I yeah, I was. I was kind of 
I kind of learned that. I was like, I kind of watched and was maybe taught a little bit, but instead of grabbing and pulling, like you said, it's almost like an open hand. If someone runs by and you kind of just turn their body and I would do that all the time at their hips or their opposite side of the stomach. And then if I had to like even a chest plate and you don't, you're not holding it, you're basically almost getting a stab without showing where you're extending. And it's, it really, really helps. Like Dude, it, there's it, so many is, parallels between corners, DBs and offensive linemen. It's insane. Like I, yeah, I would do the same kind of stuff versus yeah. linemen knowing that like, I don't have the angle. There's no way I can cut them off. They're faster than me. And they're, you know, two yards towards the way I need to cut them off. It's like, there's no way. So what am I going to do? I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try and a little scoop off of their hip. I'm going to try and use their momentum against them. Well, that, yes, that's what I was about to say. I promise you listeners, there are times where a, just a, like a, not even like an open hand, put like an open hand pull where you're like, if someone's running towards you and you kind of pull them and that's more effective than an actual hold because you're using your momentum against them and they almost spin like a top and they're, yeah. they're turned out and it, it took a half a second. No one sees it. And if they're smaller, like I promise you, I remember times where there were individuals that were much smaller individuals. And if you get a good, you turn them all the way around, they're, they're out of the play. And I know for yeah. a fact that you did it against whether it was a, db or a linebacker that just could not compete with you size or strength wise i mean you 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 can spin them like a topper or, or get them completely off their track and you don't have to hold yeah exactly. so but exactly. um you know lastly I, I i was happy with what i saw from our defensive line amari a big omari thomas he got he got pancake once bad but i thought he came back played well held his own made some good plays caleb my man caleb uh, one time they tried to block Caleb with a defense alignment. I mean, with a line or excuse me, a tight end, and he ate him for lunch. He had him four or five yards in the backfield, just <laughs> getting pressure. So I was happy with Caleb. I didn't see much of Ramon Harrison uh, or Roman no, Harrison I either. I don't. Think I didn't he, see. I didn't I really I didn't, like thinking about it after watching the game twice. I don't even think he played. No, he did. I saw him a couple times, but for me, it was Byron Young. It was uh, the the ones that really that I kept seeing were uh, Byron Young, um, Elijah that I was surprised with. Caleb had his normal couple, you know, really like catches my eye. Uh, Byron had some some plays, and then Matthew Butler. He didn't have as many, which is funny. Like he still played well, but he didn't have as many as usual. So I didn't really think. But I hated not having Latrell Bumpus. I think he would have he would have helped. But uh, Dejon Terry actually had a couple nice where he was that prototypical D, D nose guard, um, nose tackle, and he had some good plays. But, um, you know, defensively, I just think everyone played pretty well except for the safeties. And like I said, I just think tackling-wise and some different stuff, I just thought it was one of their more poor performance games. And I'll say this, I liked the adjustment that we made because I was counting it on the first drives. I mean, I put my notes here. I counted it. They had eight. They, it was a very nice little formation for Kentucky where they had their – they had um, three – I guess they had their five-down linemen, and then they have a tight end on each side, and then they had tight ends behind them or whatever it was. So, I counted. They had eight people blocking to our six, and one of our six was Theo that was just walked up. Yeah. And so it was like – it was such cake. I mean, they blocked the down linemen. They got up to the second level. And I just liked how we did a good job uh, changing our formations 
and kind of changing what we did to, to, to counteract that. And we also blitz more to shoot some of the gaps. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be really important to get more linebackers in here. I mean, we talked about it way back. Um, but I think that's just like a position that it's just like, man, like I love these guys. I love how hard they fight. I love how hard they play, but like, they're not the prototypical SEC linebacker, and they're not quite making the plays an SEC linebacker would. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I think they might be able to, but like I, I remember like looking on Twitter and people being like, "We got to punish this quarterback whenever he decides to run," and I'm like, "Guys, he's six three, two thirty. He's bigger than all of our linebackers." There's only four guys on the field that are bigger than him. Our defense. Well, I'll give credit to big. Yeah, I'll give credit to big Amari Thomas. His big butt was running down, and on that hurdle, he came in and and hit had a nice little hit and fell on him. I'm like, all right, good. Get your piece when you come here. Yeah, so one. But I'm like, dude, these linebackers like they might be able to run and hit him, but at the same time, they are literally smaller than him. So there's not much like punishment you can do to a bigger person. I mean, I, I should know. I took a lot of linebackers running right into me. It was just like, okay, like you're <laughs> you're you're seventy pounds lighter than me. Like, this is not going to do anything. What about what about in in practice at Catholic when you'd have the guy wrapped up and I would come in just to piss you off and blast the pile? Read read for for the listeners and watchers. You don't understand what he's talking about. Hey, you just said you he's just talking said about defense. He's talking about defense. Hold on, hold saying, on, hold on, hold on. Oh you just said God. linebackers never affect you, but but <laughs> you got pissed a couple times. Hey, this hey for the, the listeners, line, the linebackers on my own team while I'm playing defense affect me a lot. <laughs> hey, it was one practice. You're like seriously, stop doing that. Like seriously, quit it. I was like, all right, I got and. You know, it's this is so bad. Like, cause you were you were such a nice, good-hearted guy. Like, you really, really are. But it was so funny. We kind of like it'd be like poking the bear, honestly. And we kind of get you that one point. I knew I almost had you that one point. And you you're right in front of me at defensive tackle in practice. And you obviously take a guy, throw him like, and you're sitting there waiting. And running back tries to make a move. You wrap him up. No big deal. You got him. And here I come. And I it is really stupid because I could have hurt you or more important like hurt you, but, like, definitely hurt myself just because, like, you know, I'm much smaller than you are. <laughs> and I hit you lower in the back and turned around and looked at Tyler, and he and I are cracking up, and you turned around, and you're like, seriously, if you don't cut that out, like, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> and, of course, and, of course, I knew you were never, like, going to hurt me because, like, you're just such a good friend, but it was hilarious, bro. I always Listen, you were not the first, and you were definitely not the last. People assume that because someone is yeah. bigger than them, they can do whatever because, ah, it won't hurt them. They're yes. bigger than me. Like, yes. no problem. But yeah. still at the same time, it's like, you're hitting me. You realize that, right? In, the, in your lower back that doesn't have pads. <laughs> yeah. like, you're hitting me when I'm not – I can't see you. I don't expect you. <laughs> like, I'm turned the other way. <laughs> Oh gosh, uh, that does make a difference. All uh, right, I gotta get I gotta get ready for this Titans game. Uh, right. I, I I mean I pretty much hit all my defensive stuff. Um, is there anything that that you had that you else you want to say? 
No, that was pretty much it. Um, you know, obviously there's like little there's things that obviously the defense can do better, miss tackles, you know, taking advantage of third downs and stuff like that. But like we said in the beginning of the year, like this defense isn't really the strength of the team. And if they can bow up when they need to, like they did, it may like that's that's what affects the game. They had they scored seven points as a defense. They prevented, you know, those three drives that I talked about earlier. And they gave us one. And they gave us one. And they gave us one. So it's like that's that's the kind of stuff you need, just opportunistic defense. That's it. That's it. It can be almost – yeah, I mean, there's sometimes that's better than holding a team to, you know, 17 points but not getting a turnover or whatever if your offense is only going to score 16. So, I mean, whatever. We're, it's a different style of ball nowadays. That pick, man – I, I've told people on here, there's nothing that gets me more excited in football than a goal line stand. I think it is the the greatest thing that you can do. But second, and a very close second to that, is a jumped route pick six by a corner or someone that, I mean, it could be a safety or whatever, but someone that's kind of almost in man coverage. And I, I remember as a little fourth grader watching Dwayne Goodrich jump that route in in the national championship game. And I will forever remember that 23 going down, the spat, that boy just house calling that. It was so, so sick. And most people are in the backyards or playing pickup football or playing pickup hoops or, 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 or baseball. And it's like, all right, like, I got to hit this homer in the bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, or three, two, one, the shot. No, like, for me, I would literally, like, throw a ball up or have my dad throw it, and i hit one, two, three, jump it. And just like house call it, and like it, I'm telling you, like pick sixes like that are still one of my favorite. I, I would rather have a pick six like that to win the Super Bowl than I would to have like me uh, me throwing a touchdown pass or catching one. Like no, nah, that pick it's the pick six is so so sick. It's such a sick like a ball. true defensive player. Yes, it, but it yeah. is. It just I think the way it looks, it's so beautiful. It's it's a hell of a play because corner is so difficult. And hey, Alante might get beat sometimes. We know it's gonna happen. But when he sits on routes like that, he's also going to jump some. So, anyways. Real quick, real quick before we leave. Obviously, we have a big game next week versus Georgia, division rival. Uh, Georgia's number one team in the nation for a reason. They're very, very good. Their defense is outstanding. And their offense is ho-hum, but they have athletes, guys who can make crazy plays. For us, I – like we said before, I, I would just love it if it was like the Alabama game where it's competitive in the fourth quarter, where we kept with them, where if we score more points than any team has on them this year, I'm happy, honestly. Like, and I don't know what the highest is. It might be Kentucky at like 10. I think it's 13. 13. Like if we score 20 on them, I'm going to be so happy because it's like, okay, like Josh Heupel's the best offense that Georgia has faced all year. And I, I, there are things, the win column, the win loss column is not what I'm looking for. No, agreed. Agreed. Completely Maybe. agree. There's so many other I, intangibles that I want to see. A co- yeah. A couple things. So first off, I wanted to, and I, before I forget, I wanted to shout out uh, Mike Perillin. He's actually a former ball for life. He, he played at, uh, at Webb, he was actually another 27, as I was. And so I've got to be good friends with Mike uh, or, or running the same crowd with him after in college and after college. And 
He's a huge listener to the pod. I appreciate it. He's always listening. He's always hit me up, texting me. It was hilarious. After last week, he reached out to me. And what I was going to say, he's a former ball for life because he he played at UT for, for, you know, a little period and stuff. But he reached out and he said, hey, I know who it was that got smacked in the face, a.k.a. got punched in the face by Jason Kroon, which I know everyone loved that story. But it was Jacques Bruce, which is kind of makes I literally looked. I literally looked through the recruiting classes and it was between Jacquez and someone else, and I, could, I couldn't really remember which one it was. Well, I just think that adds to the story because, like, he was probably a three-star, but, of course, he had some more pub to him because he was a Knoxville kid. And, like, I mean, Duke – I remember Duke was a blazer. I mean, he was so fast, obviously. He didn't play here. He went to MTSU, I think, and I don't know how he really fared out. But the fact that you're a hometown kid, you grew up literally – in South Doyle, like 10 minutes from the stadium, and you can't keep the tradition. I'm like, I'm, it makes even more, I'm more happy that it was a scholarship guy and that crew was like, yo, like, I don't care who you are. And like, you should, like, bro, you're a Knoxville guy. Like, don't step on the tee. Like, quit yeah, trying to be a stud. Norcross, Georgia just knocked your ass out for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was one thing I was going to say. Another thing is, I do want to talk about what's going on in Florida at some point. I want to talk about, you know, the Bama and LSU stuff, but I don't want to right now because I'm ready to eat and watch my Titans. <laughs> but um, for Georgia, man, I, I saw someone tweet it and made me laugh. It's like, this would be a good time for Georgia to Georgia, you know, and, and lay an egg and do something stupid. But I just think this team's so good that, like, they're not going to – like, Kirby Smart can't screw this up because they're yeah. so good. And I think just front seven-wise – I'm really nervous what they'll do to our offensive line. I still trust Heifel. Um, let's just let's just at least throw a couple haymakers at them and let, make them make them answer. But I just think their defense is that that good. They're like the Bama or LSU of a couple years ago. That I will be surprised if Georgia is not the national champion. Like I will still oh, yeah. I still want to see Bama. But this is the year that it's usually like oh Bama's head and heels so much better. Or, you know, LSU's hand heels better and, like, you know, maybe in Ohio State a couple years or maybe that Clemson one year. I just think it's Georgia this year, and it's, they're doing it defensively. So, I'm going into this game, like, let's just stay healthy and let's just, you know, let's, let's see what happens. But I just think Georgia's by far the absolute best team in college football. And I, yeah, I don't I agree. Really, I, yeah, so. I mean, that's 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 what I want to, just a couple smacks in the mouth where George is yeah. like, oh, okay. All right. all right, you came to play. I get it. Like, that's, right. that's all I want. So, yep, agreed. I'll be happy with that. Um, all right. Great podcast. Appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, you know, subscribe, like, hit that notification bell on YouTube. Follow, rate, review uh, on all the podcast platforms. Um, you know, contact us. We got a phone number, 865-322-9232, and an email, uh, believe in Tennessee football at gmail.com. Uh, and then you can follow us on all social medias. So on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I'm just at Kyler Curvison, uh, at R Bacon26 for Reed, uh, at Believe in Tennessee on, on Twitter for for our main account. So follow us all there. Please keep spreading the word about us, what we got going on, what we're doing, uh, and, you know, how much fun we're having here. And, uh, you know, make friends in those comments on YouTube. 
Uh, I see a lot of them. So just really love all the love you guys are uh, giving us and, and uh, appreciate all the support. So uh, let's go into this Georgia week and let's, uh, let's enjoy this fifth win of the season. Uh, as always, go Vols. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.